They told me for years there was no money in podcasting. Well, they were all wrong. This is an ambiguous podcast solutions original podcast. A podcast years in the making. Centered around You're listening to Talking with Tarasha with your host and founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, Will Tarashuk. Join Will and his guests as they talk about anything and everything under the sun. Now, without further ado, let's do this. Yes, I know I have gray hair. Welcome everyone to another edition of the Talking with Tarashuk podcast, the unknown, unnamed, nonsense edition with myself, Will Tarashuk. That's T's and Thomas, A-R-A. S-H-U-K, my mom, man behind the board, Christian Wright. Christian, how are you, my friend? How we doing? A little uh, tired today, been up since four, but we're making it, we're making it through. A little sleepy, a little sleepy today. It was raining, we had some thunderstorms roll through, a full day's of work, 90 degrees in the car. That's enough to make any grown man fall asleep, but once that red light is on, you know that energy gets pushed up to 10, so I can crash after the podcast. That's just how it works. Have you ever fell asleep at a red light? Hell no. God, <laughs> I was about no. to say, that's not... No. <laughs> well, it's not good. It's also not something to be advertising. No, absolutely not. And if I did, I'd lie. So no. now you don't. Now you don't know if I'm telling the truth or not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That sounds like a that sounds like a drunk driving situation. Dude, luckily, to luckily, be uh, to be falling asleep at red lights. I've never drunk, never never driven drunk. Really? Never, never. So there's actually <laughs> there was a story behind that. Not even not even tipsy. I mean tipsy, yeah. Like a, like a few beers here and there, but like. Actually, to the point where, like, I would, I would blow over or definitely not, definitely, definitely, definitely not be driving. I can't think of anything in specific. That's because in high school, uh, we would go cruising every now and then, which is the good old blunt cruise. Um, and I almost got in an accident. And it really, it scared me straight. It scared me straight real quick. So I, I, I never drove under the influence of anything. Even like that, like, um, I don't even like, like, after smoking weed, being in a car, period. It makes me freak out. Well, you know, when you put it that way, in terms of like situations where it's like you have no business, like this is reflecting, like this is this that was bad. I don't yeah. think I've ever had that. I have, however, have had worse. And they oh, say boy. that being extremely tired while driving is actually worse than being drunk. Oh, for sure. I've had very tired driving at times where like. I am almost falling asleep between lights, like like, uh, and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's time to go. The closest I've come was the way back from Chicago. So my buddy mm. and I w- drove up to Chicago, um, for wrestling mm-hmm. for in 2019, November 2019, for Survivor Series, and it was fucking amazing. Like the drive there wasn't so bad because we left Hoboken around seven o'clock at night, got there around four in the morning. Um. Yeah. Cheers. I guess my imaginary. No, I was showing my. I love. Uh, I love Puerto Rico, cup. Oh, everyone. Everyone loves Puerto Rico. Well, I'm also Puerto Rican, so it's gorgeous down that. there. I want to get down there one day. <laughs> anyway, um, so the drive there wasn't too bad because we just, it was just we drove through the night like a hundred miles per hour on an empty highway the entire way, so it was great. But on the way back, you know, it's after the vacation. You're already tired from the after the vacation. Mm. We tried doing the same thing, and I was doing okay. And I have this thing where I don't like other people driving my car. Because I'm, yeah. just, I'm very anal about that. It's, yeah. it's mine. But yeah. if it's going to crash, it's going to be me who does it. Oh, absolutely. Um, Not to mention the obvious, like, insurance. Exactly. Exactly. So. And it's like, well, we get we get to Pennsylvania. Because Pennsylvania was, like, the longest part of the trip. Because go, go through from end to end of Pennsylvania. And then cut up through Jersey. Mm. So it was miserable. And it was like, the sun was coming up. I was exhausted. 
and fucking Ricky is in the, in the seat next to me snoring. And him fucking, snoring, fucking him Ricky, being man. asleep, makes me makes me doze off. Was it was it a soothing snore? Or a- apparently, because it made me sleep. No, because there's like you've been in situations where there's annoying snores, and it's like shut the fuck up. Oh yeah, my brother. Like for it's sure. bothering you. Yeah. But so, then there's a snore that's like, and it's like. I think that's a SpongeBob yeah. reference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it could be actually kind of relaxing. Yeah, so I, I had to pull over. I had to pull over <laughs> to a pit stop to pretend to use the bathroom to get up, splash some water on my face, but like just slap him on. Like Rick, you have to stay awake because if you fall asleep, I'm gonna fall asleep. He's want me to drive. He's like, already no, gone, man. I just need you to stay awake. He's already gone. Because if you're awake and you're talking, I can stay awake. But yeah, that was definitely dangerous. And um. Pulling, pulling into Hoboken, I got a flat tire. Somewhere pulling off the After highway. After you've already had this 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 tire driving experience. Yeah. So like, by the time I got back, because I dropped him off the path train in Hoboken, and like driving in through Jersey City, I'm like, I'm gonna see the the thump, the thump, the thump, the thump, the thump. I'm like, what is up with my like, what is going on here? I thought roads? I thought it was just the roads. I thought it was just the roads. And he got out. My buddy, he's just like, yeah, you got a flat tire. So mm. it's not like I can just go home and go to sleep either. I had to call AAA. Get the replacement tire put on in the back of my car and then go to sleep. I hate those days, but I also love those days for the story. Yeah. It was it was my a great story. my experience was similar to that, not quite the same. I was um I went to Wildwood. Okay. With I know Wildwood. Yep. My then girlfriend and her family and Oddly enough, I don't know her. Her, her, I felt like at the time, like her father kind of overstepped a little bit. Was like trying to like tell me what to do, but it had nothing to, you know, kind of. It wasn't his business. It was. It did not relate to his daughter at all. But you know, he said something to me, and I was like, you know what? This is, I'm with the, his family. This guy is the man of the house. Right. I'm out. So I left very late. I don't know, like probably twelve, one o'clock in the morning, and I'm driving back, and I'm tired. I knew I was tired, but I was just prideful and leaving, that type of thing. So I leave. At one point on the journey back to, you know, North Jersey, because we're down in Wildwood, I fell asleep while I was driving. Oh, fuck. But not in the traditional sense. My eyes were open. I was driving in my sleep. This isn't like one of those, like, you zone out, but you're awake. And then you kind of snap back into it, and you're like, I just drove for 13 miles. I have no idea where I was. It was one of those things where I came to, and I'm looking around like, like wake, like imagine waking up driving. Like imagine when no. you wake up in the morning, like <laughs> no. your hands are on the wheel, and you're driving a car. That's how it was. I was just like, then I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm, I'm still doing it. <laughs> I mean, I, I've zoned out before. Yeah. I, no, I no, no. and I was like, "Yo, like I pulled over for a minute." I was like, "Yo, like that wasn't, that wasn't cool, Chris." That was no bueno. That wasn't, and I was right next to the divider. Like I was on the the shoulder, like not on the shoulder, but the lane closest to the shoulder. Right lane. The left lane. Though. Left lane. Well, there was no shoulder actually. It was just road. You know, wildlife c- cement <laughs> c- cement Jesus. thing that I could run into, cement divider. Mm-mm. So yeah, that's my uh, 
And that wasn't even a question. We just went off on a little No, tangent. that's just a little tangent. But that's what that's a joyous yeah. podcast. So if it's your first time listening, you know, congratulations, you made it this far. Uh, but what we do here for this segment of the podcast is we have a giant list of random questions. It's 180 and counting. Uh, we probably asked about, I counted this the other day, it's about 50 questions have been asked on this podcast so far. So we get about 130 behind. Maybe we'll get to all of them tonight. Who knows? Um, and we just kind of go. We just kind of riff. We go. And then once we get off topic and kind of run out of things to say, we go back to center and ask another question. So, Chris, I know two weeks ago we had Zach on. Yep, yep. And we had the question that we asked him that was irrelevant to him. So we're going to save it, which I forgot, which we forgot to do last week. So we're going to do this week, which was. Which was. The Jack and Daxter games. Oh, so, it was irrelevant to him. I thought it was irrelevant to you. No, it was relevant to him. Because I was him. trying to figure out whether we actually went into it. I was like, I don't think we did. So I didn't bother bolding it. That's what we do. Yeah. So, no, no, so it was because he never played them. I played the fuck out of them. I played them too. So that's that's the first question. What are your thoughts? Or, or did, you, did you ever play the Jack? Whatever the question was, did you ever play a Jack and Daxter? Did games? you play Jack and Daxter games? So, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think we both have something to say. Yeah, you first. You first. I would put that camera on you. I would say those games are so ridiculously large. I mean, you are playing this game for months. It's a part of your life. It's a friend of yours. It's it's like, I don't know, trying to get a promotion playing that game. Mm. It's it's such the, the levels are. It's like Final Fantasy, but you're finding random things on a map that is like actually true to scale of a Earth. Bro, the fucking precursor orbs. Yo, you have to find these things that are in like a, a world that is just as big as the Earth. And the game is like, I don't know if this is actually true, but it seems like the game was pretty true to scale. Like you're just walking and looking for these things. And it takes forever. It yeah. takes forever. And, oh, God forbid. PS2? You didn't save to the memory card? Dude, the, the, the game took like a, a gig and a half on a memory card. Bro. Which which is like, what do I delete? <laughs> because you, you, you only you, have one memory to, card. You get to a point where you can't even play other games. Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real. And, and, and I played... I played Jack and Daxter one. I don't remember the name. You might the remember precursor that. legacy. Precursor legacy. Yeah, I knew I had. Like I knew I had something cursor like in it. I played. I think the second one that was on PlayStation three. Uh, the second one was Jack two. Jack two. I like Jack two. And then it was Jack it, three. It, it was like all futuristic. Yeah. with like the laser guns and things. So it was Jack two, Jack three, and then Jack Jack like racing or Jack X racing game. That is the only one that I did not play. Dude, the racing game. Fun as fuck. I'm not gonna lie, it's so much fun. So, Jack and Daxter for me was like the most fun, especially the second one. At growing up, I liked the third one more. Well, he became like a badass in Jack too. Yeah, it was like it was like a, a coming of age story. Like you know, he was like all goofy and shit, and then yeah. he became. So for those who he grew don't a little, know, he grew a little chin hair. Did you peep the chin hair? No, the goatee. The little goatee. The goatee. Yeah. And you could you could unlock if you got five precursor orbs in the second game. You could you could take a chin off. You could take the goatee off. Oh, yeah. okay. There's big head mode. There was small head mode. Mm. So I played these games countless times. So if you don't know these games, first of all, shame on you. But you played on Xbox or Nintendo growing up. So good I mean, for you, actually. What, I take what it back. What years were that? I mean, uh, I feel like I feel like we should look up when Jack and Dax. Jack came and Dax was two thousand one. Because I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So the the story is, you are this boy, and his friends Daxter, Jack and Daxter, they live in this mystical world with a bunch of sages and eco. It's essentially it's like the energy of life. Oh, I forgot about that. And there's this stuff called dark eco. 
dark in the story dark dark eco which is like which is like the force yeah so they're like they're playing on skull islands or whatever and daxter falls in a pool of dark eco so then the whole point of the game is to fight the fight the uh the metalheads and get daxter back to normal by finding the four sages so you go through the four worlds Unlock the secrets of the precursors. Wow, man. You really know this stuff. Dude, I've played I these games not... so many times. You played them multiple times? Multiple times. Multiple times. Dude. Yeah. Like, if they came out on PC, I would buy them today. And That's play them a all lot over of time, man. And then Jack 2. Uh, Jack... And, then they, and they had difficulty levels, too. Yes. Which easy was hard. Depending. <laughs> Depending. Well, I mean, we talking to a guy who played the game. The game a couple times. You know? Yeah, I mean, I was a child. It was hard. As an adult, it, some of them got hard. And there was Jack 2, which um, blasts you into the future. Spoiler alert. And because also, oh, also, Jack never talked in the first game. He was a silent protagonist. So Daxter did all the talking. And then in Jack 2, you get blasted to the future. Um, you get kidnapped. And the guy called Baron Praxis, who's like the main, one of the main antagonists, fools you full of dark ego. And you get these precur, you get these eco powers. You get the Jack Bomb, which is like you go double, uh, double X square, which is like a giant bomb, and it gets the enemies go everywhere. And his first line was, "I'm gonna kill Praxis." I'm just like, "Holy shit, this game's legit now." And I like, I think I liked Jack Two so much because my parents wouldn't let me play GTA mm. because I was a child. So Jack Two was the closest I could get to Grand Theft Auto. Well, I remember back when those ratings actually like were a big deal, like rated T, rated E. Yeah, Jack rated T M was, was T. like you knew, you knew that your parents were gonna be like, "Come on, you can't play this." Yeah, so there was guns, <laughs> there was guns in Jack too, but no blood, no blood, and like just no, and like no bodies, the bodies laser cannon things. Yeah, you know, I mean, the story was phenomenal, especially in Jack Two, because Jack Two. Had the open world. You could hijack vehicles. You could do challenges. You could find the precursor orbs, unlock bonuses, and then at the end of the game, there was something called hero mode, which lets you go back to the beginning with all the guns you currently have. Which mm. was this like, oh my god, I can play the game from beginning with the with uh, with with Sid's death gun. Like hell yeah! I think it was the um god. What was the purple one called? The gun. Ah, oh, I forget the name of it. It's gonna kill me. But whatever. It was fun. And then Jack 3 was also a lot of fun um, because uh, it was way easier. That was the one before. I played Jack 3 too. Jack 3, because you, you go to the desert, you get exiled to the desert. Yeah. And the thing with that game is, though, looking back, because I, I played all these games in the PS4. They got remastered on the PS4, and I bought them, of course. And I beat them all in like maybe two months. <laughs> um, you could beat Jack 3 in one day. Jack 3. Yeah, the story is a lot shorter. Jack 2 is very Yeah, actually very I remember long. playing Jack 3 actually. I probably have the best memory. Then you got then you got Jack Light 3. Eco. You were kind of like in the streets in Jack 3. Yeah, you in the You desert. were like you were like kind of like in a like uh, Yeah, it was the desert, but it was like like a village. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it was like kind of street though. Yeah, it was like it was like outlaw, wild west. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So anyway, those games, fucking incredible, made by the Naughty Dog Studio. Naughty uh, Dog. Naughty Dog made some of the best games ever. You know, Naughty Dog's known for the Uncharted series, the Last of Us series. 
Um, Crash Bandicoot. Oh, Crash, man? Naughty, yeah, Crash Bandicoot was Naughty Dog. Crash was my guy since PS1. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's what, that's pretty much what they're known for. What you guys know about that? What, what you kids know about PlayStation 1? <laughs> We're getting old, man. So I never had a PS1. My first no? my first game series uh, was a PS2. We got from my dad got my dad got us for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. So yeah, those games, probably the games that made me fall in love with video games. And I'm glad there's a second to actually talk to someone on a podcast like yourself, Christian, about Jack and Daxter. Yeah, good game. Good yeah. game. Amazing. I game. mean, they still hold up. I kind of like. This is kind of just who I am as a person. I'm also I'm just very nostalgic. And I just feel like the quality of a lot of things in media, music, movies, has gone down. I don't play video games anymore, so not very often, and it's usually a sports game. Mm. Would you say that hasn't or has happened with the video game industry? Do you, if, if you still play, I don't know. If has it, I mean, has it gotten better? Well, has it held the standard? I mean, because I do think to an extent... Graphics has be- graphics have become way 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 crazier. But yeah, overall, sure. the games have they have they held that standard? Well, yes and no. So I am a gamer. I do play a lot of video games because they're amazing and they're fun, and it's way we might it's way me and my friends stay in touch because um, they live like on Long Island and in Nashville and what what have you. So I find myself playing a lot of older games as opposed to newer games. Um, so the newer games, like the, the AAA games, which is just like the industry term for like big budget, massive games like Assassin's Creed mm. or like FIFA or Madden or others of those franchises, Call of Duty, Halo, Destiny, all those are AAA games. AAA, um, what do you mean? That's just the term for them, just AAA. Why? I I forget no idea. why. Okay. Honestly, I don't. I I just it's just an industry term used for that. It's just used for that kind of those kind of games. Okay. Narratively, it can be hit or miss. Like they're still fun, right? Like um, uh, not Daft Punk. Uh, Cyberpunk was one of the biggest ones that came out a year or two ago. And you know it had ray tracing, which is like the newest technology. Where it's like if you have a puddle in the ground or a glass window, you can see a reflection. Right? right and stuff right, like that. If a car drives right. by, you can see the reflection. So that's really cool. So technologically, games definitely hold this, hold the new standard. Did you hear about the video game that has sixty three quintillion true to scale planets? Oh, uh, No Man's Sky. I don't remember the name. Yeah, so it's called No Man's Sky. So what happened with No Man's Sky is... And it it uses the technology that's in our uh, fractals. Do you know about... Do you know why they're able to fit a video game that crazy onto one DVD disc? No, I don't. I don't understand how that works, but mm-hmm. I know the game itself uses a lot of copy and paste to infinity. Right. right, and that's so the fractal always, stuff. There's only so many things you can actually do. Because No Man's Sky, when it came out in 2015... That's a very good way to put it. That's a very, like, like the way to explain it in the simplest way. Yeah, so you, you have a... Say you have, look, on one planet, you have a list of 30 things to do. They copy and paste that an infinite amount of times and just change variables ever so slightly. So it's like they're selling you infinite, but in selling you infinite, they're promising you way less. And when that game came out in 2015, it flopped hard. Now, a friend of the show, Nash, can talk about that a lot more because I never played it. Um, 
So like our running joke is, you know, they say there's an infinite amount of possibilities on an infinite amount of planets. Like, okay, okay, Nash, find me the planet of rehab. Just find me a giant planet that's a giant rehab center. If it's infinite with infinite possibilities, it has to be out there somewhere. And to this day, he hasn't found it yet. So I'm calling bullshit. We're still talking about the game here, though. Still talking about the game. Yeah. Well, to the way you put it definitely is an oversimplification, but it does explain it in a really good way. Basically, it uses the laws of nature. So basically, when you're drawing a tree when you're a little kid, you draw a circle with like a cylinder underneath. But that's not actually how a tree actually is. Everything in nature is basically copies of itself. So essentially like a fern leaf. If you zoom in and look real close to the fern leaf, it's just miniature, miniature copies and copies and copies and copies of itself. And you zoom out and it's the fern leaf or it's mm. a snowflake or a tree. It's just it's the same pattern over and over, but in small different variations. And what they found is this goes into a whole nother debate and can of worms of Pandora's box and mixed analogies that I'm doing here. But basically it follows the laws of nature and our DNA is the same exact way. It's just like a strand and it's copy of a oh, strand, yeah. copy of a strand. So if they actually created that game the same way that they normally create games, it would take like 10 buildings. Right. Like with computers running in all of them. Right. But they use this stuff called fractal, which is like crazy mathematics that's actually an equation that explains the universe. They're able to take that and transfer that, those equations and that mathematics and laws of the universe into this universe of these 63 quintillion. Quintillion people. That's not. That's a lot. That's not. It's like nine That's zeros. not trillion. That's not whatever comes after trillion. That's not quadru whatever alien. Five. So, okay, so that's probably 12 zeros or 15 zeros. I don't even know. I don't even know. A how, lot. Like, yeah, it's a lot. But, but apparently they're, they're true to scale. I've never played it, but I watched a documentary on it talking about fractal, fractals, technology in the universe and this and that. And they're true to scale, meaning you can't play the whole game. You never would be able to. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. Right. I would, I would say the biggest thing holding back the game. And, I, and that's probably what Nash was saying is like, even if it was there, this rehab planet. This rehab planet. He would, he'd have to have one in a 63 uh, quintillion Yeah, it's impossible. it's impossible to find. To find it. Yeah, but also it's not coded into the game. Well, yeah, I don't think that. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the creators thought, you know, let's make a planet. <laughs> just, it's a giant hospital. It's just a giant rehab hospital. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know, I mean, I don't know. know the details of how they if designed it. If I was it, making the game, like, I would have threw it in but there. Here's the fucking weird. But, but here's the thing. They had to design it in a way where they couldn't actually pay attention and design 63 quintillion planets that are true right. to scale. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe it's some sophisticated AI kind of thing, and maybe it is there. I mean, gaming is exploring that kind of thing. Um, like, next year, there's a game called Star. I think it's Starfield or Starlink, Bethesda's new game coming out, mm -hmm. uh, which me and all my friends are super excited for. It's like Skyrim in space, which is going to be just incredible. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, it's the same idea. It's, just, it's infinite things to explore, and it might be co-op, which is awesome. But the gaming industry as a whole, I think overall, it's way more successful now than it was 20 years ago when Jack 2 was just coming out and being released. I would say arguably the games are more fun 
from back then because a lot of them still hold up. Like I said, I, I play a lot of older games now than the newer games, mainly because new games now are being held back by executives. In what way? Because they really, it's, they're littered with microtransactions. Do you know what microtransactions are? No. So, if you play the newest Call of Duty, they're remastering, okay, first off, they're remastering a Call of Duty 2, Modern Warfare 2, which came out in 2009, 2010. I had that one. Yeah, it was fucking incredible. It's one of the best games ever made. Yeah. But they're re-releasing it. I'm pretty sure it's only the multiplayer for $70. So, the typically, okay, so remastering typically, in the video typically game world, remastered games it's going are, over the graphics to, to update them and right, make them and making new servers, make them modern. But for example, Crash Bandicoot and the Spiral Reignited trilogy, which the PS1 games remastered on the PC and Xbox and PS4 or PS5, was $40 or $50 when normal games are 60 bucks, right? So, games used to be very expensive. That's that's a problem in and of itself, yeah. And then in the Call of Duty is going to be purchases you can make for exclusive weapon skins, exclusive characters, All or, right. or EXP bonuses. And they're very much in your face, or loot boxes. So what a you loot... really got to care, though. You really got to care. Dude, people, here's the thing. I'll get to, I'll get to that about caring. I want my weapon to look like this, but, uh, but functionally it's the same gun. Yes, exactly. The other, the other thing is is uh, loot boxes. So what a loot box is, you can buy, like, say it's $3. Mm-hmm. $3 gets you two crates. And in those crates has five items apiece with a 3% chance of an epic item. And an epic item is a super rare item, like a brand new gun that no one else can get. So you're gambling. It's gambling. When you say no one, you mean absolutely no one. I mean, not absolutely no one, but, like, that, that it's a 2% chance of unlocking. Everyone in the world has a 2% chance of unlocking this box. If you buy 100, there's a 2% chance that you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't even get it, right? So it's gambling. They're really tapping into the, the psyche. I mean, they've always done that. And though. these mechanics, like you can, you can play the game and ignore it like I do. Like, so if I bought the new Call of Duty, I wouldn't spend actual money on microtransactions. That's stupid to me. But people do. People are addicted to gambling do. Uh, kids who just have their parents' credit card on their account do. And they can spend, like, Fortnite. People spend thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars on Fortnite, and the game's free to play. I've, I've watched, like, TV shows where they're actually talking about how actually, how actually, how addictive video games really are. Oh, they're super addictive. To the extent where, obviously, it's the extreme, but I'm sure there's cases of it where people have died from sleep deprivation because oh, for they sure. couldn't step away oh, for sure. from playing the video game. And then you got the element of Twitch, uh, which brings video gaming to the next level. Well, that's the that's the uh, sharing of streaming. The, yeah, the streaming of your video games. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a whole culture now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I think video gaming is an excellent industry for the most part. Also, uh, the workers who make the video games go through what's called crunch, where it's essentially they're working 70, 80 hour weeks for the same pay to get the game out and the game is rushed and it's usually bad at like every game is sucks at launch because it's not finished essentially you know a lot about this yeah because I'm, I'm a gamer it's just it's it's a whole thing but 
Video games are a lot of fun. They're very innovative. They're 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 definitely going in the right direction. You gotta have the metaverse and VR and that kind of stuff come in pretty in the next in the next five ten years. All so. right. So that actually that actually makes me want to ask you a question. Go for it. Not on the list. It's not fun. It's not funny. It's an actual question. So, what are your thoughts on people buying real estate in the metaverse? And why would it, how could it have any value? I like, I get we're running out of real estate, real real estate. We, we're running out of, because here's the thing, they can't call it real estate. In the physical world, but what is a digital footprint of owning, I mean, okay, I do see the future of like VR and you being able to go into your, your virtual mansion and, you know, actually be there, basically. I think that's where the future is headed. And maybe that's the answer. Here, I don't know. There's a lot of questions with the metaverse, especially when it comes to real estate or property. I'll call it property, virtual property. Where I can see it being successful is if you create, say, a venue, a concert venue mm-hmm. specifically in the metaverse, you have like a digital space. That's decorated and designed, like, brilliantly. Like, a con- say a concert. A concert. Yeah. So you you could rent out that space to a band who wants to put on a virtual concert, mm. and people at home can enter the metaverse, enter that arena, and enjoy the live concert or sports. Right? If right. someone if, say someone rebuilt. Maybe sports wouldn't work. Video game sports would work. Say someone recreated 1927 Yankee Stadium, the original Yankee Stadium. Right. And um, MLB The Show wanted to do a tournament. And the World Series takes place in the 1927 version of Yankee Stadium. Whoever built, coded, and owns that space will rent that out and sell it to MLB The Show who will then sell tickets to watch two of the top gamers in the world play the virtual World Series. Mm. You're so, just thinking of this. Yeah. So stuff like that, I think, could be very successful. However, do you really own that virtual space? Because that virtual space yeah. is housed, owned, and controlled by a server which is owned in the real world by a company like Google, Amazon, or Meta, which is Facebook. Right. So it's like, can you really own a space? Can, is, it, is it possible to own a virtual space if you do not own the server it is housed on? I mean, unless the company was like a mutual company, no. Right, because like, say, say like um, Meta could be like, oh, you want to have Dave Chappelle in in your uh in your virtual comedy tour, boop! It's your turret, your tour, It's deleted. Oh, by the way, we own it. 
No, if you own it, no, 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 no. This is our yeah, server. Yeah, you can be the terms of agreements. Did you read the terms right. of agreements? Like it's like it's where like, you can be deleted at any given moment. It's like a Facebook group, right? You don't own the Facebook group. Facebook owns even if you're an admin on your Facebook group. Facebook owns that group. Right. They can delete it whenever they want. So if the metaverse, do you really own anything? No, like I have I, no like idea. Like I said, not unless I have no idea. Not, not, not unless it's a mutually owned company where everybody owns a piece of it. Nah. Right. And like this, this is kind of what Jill and I talked about on our podcast like a month or two ago. I do. I think I do remember that. But I like my, my question was, what are my rights? What are your rights? What are your rights? And yeah. this, and the, with with the metaverse and virtual real estate, I hate saying virtual property. These are a lot of questions that need to be answered Bef- un- before you can move forward. And unfortunately. The U.S. mindset is just money, 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 money. And privacy just doesn't exist anymore. The Fourth Amendment just doesn't exist. The government is literally buying all of our cell phone data from data brokers because it's illegal for them to get it. So they're saying, fuck it, we're going to buy it. Buy it. Like, what? 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 So I have no idea what the metaverse is going to bring, but it's terrifying. And I don't, I honestly do not believe it's going to be done properly. And I'm hoping in many ways, I'm hoping it flops, but something like that for virtual well, we're talk, real estate. We're talking about, I think um, we're talking about monopoly on a, essentially a different dimension. Yes. Yes. A, a monopoly though. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah. So that's an interesting question. Hope it answers it. I have no yeah. fucking idea. The answer is we don't know. So, like, guys, Bill Gates will take care of it. You can all trust Bill Gates. Don't worry. Oh, by the way, Bill Gates is on Epstein's flight logs. Oops. Did I say oh, yeah? that? Yeah. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, trust, <laughs> trust Bill Gates. All right. What? Next question. So I'm a little bit lighter. What was your first record, tape, CD that you ever owned that you can remember? First album I ever bought? Like, I, you vividly remember, yeah, I remember having this album, yeah. listening to this album. Oh, yeah. For me, it's between two. I can't actually remember. I know there's things that I had that my parents had gotten me, but I mean that you went to the store. Oh, with my own money? Not Maybe not with your own money, but you said, I want this CD. Mm. And you got the CD. Well, I mean, how much, you know, I'm thinking that you were, I'm thinking really young. Like no, seven, honestly. Seven, eight years old. Honestly, no, not that young. So. No? For Christmas, like the first time I ever asked, I have, the first time I ever explored music on my own saying I want this album was fifth grade. So I was 10. Nine. Going on 10. Okay. And I told my dad I wanted these albums. It was American Idiot, Green Day. Mm-hmm. Demon Days. Gorillas? Gorillas. Yeah. Um, 10. But, but I think Demon Days came out when you were in seventh grade. No, fifth grade. You sure? Yeah, 100%. It wasn't 2007? 2005. 2005. Yep. Uh, 10, Pearl Jam. And this is embarrassing, Nickelback. <laughs> Whatever album photograph was on. Yeah, you can laugh. I'm laughing. I'll admit it. I'm laughing because I'm not a rock guy. But I know enough to know that it's funny that Nickelback is on your list. Dude, I liked Nickelback. Not going to lie. 
I was a big fan of Nickelback. I'm trying to remember the album. I'm Googling it right now. Um, 2005. A lot of people discount them, do not consider them to be like all the right reasons. A real rock band. Yeah, all the right. No, okay. It's it's popular to hate Nickelback. It's definitely trendy to hate. Like, Nickelback. why do people hate Nickelback? Because the internet says it's funny to hate Nickelback. It's fun to say too. It's fun to say, right? Like, I have I have made the argument for why I hate Nickelback when secretly I actually think Nickelback's a fucking great band. I enjoy a lot of their songs. That album <laughs> fucking ripped. It was a great album. It was phenomenal. So those those were the albums I all got on one Christmas, like Walkman. Walkman, it, yeah. Walkman. So that was like my first. Wait, you had a Walkman in fifth grade? Yeah, I had a CD player. Yeah. Oh, okay. A Walkman. Like, 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 Walkman like, 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 the, 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 the Walkman. Nah, CD players. Walkman's like cassette, cassette tapes. Tape. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah. Walkman. And I, did not I had have a Walkman, Walkman, but I was like, I don't know, first grade. I didn't have a Walkman. No, I had, I had, I had, this, I had, I had a CD player. I put a CD in. Like, right. Um. We uh, we took the next after Christmas the next day we got on it we went came I grew up in Boston we came down to Jersey my 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 dad's side of the family so I listened to Green Day like twice on that whole album twice mm-hmm. on the way down until it died um but that first album I, I actually bought with my own money off like iTunes you used iTunes you weren't a pirater I didn't say that but it wasn't available because I really wanted the album. Um, oh. it was either a thousand sons, Lincoln park, mm. uh, which was like 2009, 2010 or Eminem's recovery album. Okay. I, yeah, you were, you were like kind of a late bloomer compared to my story. Yeah. No music, music. Cause like I, and I was already pirating like. Heavy by 2005. Yeah, I, yeah. Hold on. We'll talk off air about me and pirating. <laughs> I don't want to incriminate myself. Pirating. There, there might be, there. I think that there must be a statute. They're like, you know, I'm gonna get like a bill <laughs> for like 50 bucks from like Warner Brothers, dude. <laughs> UMG, dude. I'd I'd be in big trouble. Let me tell you, Pirate Bay. I'd oh, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I was talking about. Pi- Pirate Bay into. I had a views. massive library. Views, yeah, massive. And I'm talking. And it's a shame thousands because, like, there was a point, thousands. there was a there was a crossover point where your library didn't matter anymore with the birth of streaming, mm-hmm. which kind of sucked because there was a lot of good music in those in the in that massive collection of music that I had, both CDs and hybrid, getting other ways. So what what was your first album? And tell me why it was Sean Paul. How did you know that? Dude, I hope it wasn't Sean Paul. I fucking nah, hate it was Sean like Paul. I think nah. Sean Paul used to be really good. His it was the album of Get Busy, which was a major international. Was it really hit. Sean Paul? That was just a straight out of left field guess. Yeah, it was either Sean Paul or probably Fifty Cent. Get the fuck out of Get here. Get Rich or Die Trying, which was also <laughs> a legendary album that is worth its salt and will stay has stood the test of time. Both of those albums. Yo, I love Fifty. Uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, Wangsta, In the Club, Patiently Waiting, with featuring Eminem. Uh, what Up Gangsta? I mean, that album was bulletproof. What Up Gangsta? What Up Gangsta? All that. Um, but uh, Sean Paul, Dutty Rock was the name of the album. I think it was one of those two. Um, honorable Mention, but I didn't go and get that because it was already in my house, of course. I stole it from my dad, was Michael Jackson Thriller. I used to listen to that on repeat in fifth grade. Hell yeah. Uh, also, Gorillas in fifth grade. 
A lot of gorillas. Dude, I, I still love the gorillas. A lot of G Unit in fifth grade as well. I still love the gorillas, dude. But uh, yeah, two thousand. That was that. That was two thousand two. That's when I was introduced to hip hop. Oh, and then My Chemical Romance, uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge was another album mm-hmm. in two thousand five because it had like that around their fourth fifth grade was when I discovered like that's when I discovered my own music. Like before that, it was just I just never listened to music. It was whatever my mom played in the car, which was a lot of this mom music. Mom music, and then like Aerosmith, which kicked ass, which was great. Aerosmith, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just that. Yeah. That kind of music. It was uh, O2 for me. And then from there, I started making mix CDs. You familiar with the group The Fugees? Lauren Hill, Wyclef John? I know Wyclef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 the name sounds familiar. Consi- oh, and became fixated on Tupac, Biggie, Eminem. I was very fixated on Eminem. Dude, I still, I still like hip-hop. And Eminem like was, hip-hop. Eminem was the reason why I, at one point, called myself lyrical, because I just thought he was the most lyrical rapper ever. Definitely. Well, and he'd say the craziest tongue twisters. He was just all about lyricism. He'd say, like, be for me, I'm going to even the score equally. Take you on Jerry Springer and beat your ass legally. And I'm like, yo, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Like, I like those kind of tongue twistery rap bars. He is. Eminem was big for me. He's probably the smartest with lyrics. But I think someone like Nas is the most fluid. Nas was very fluid. Nas's writing. Biggie was very fluid. And this, the way Nas wrote and rapped to me, it's really, it still hits to me. I fucking love Nas. Oh, put New York State of Mind on or yeah. One Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of those those early ones. I mean, even to this day. Um, believe it or not, and this is not really a believe it or not, but some people think he's overrated, which I feel like they haven't really listened. Jay-Z. I fucking hate Jay-Z. I know. I know. Because Jay-Z, <laughs> Jay-Z is like, he's a guy that kills with wordplay. He's a du- phenomenal double, double entendres, triple entendres, and he all does it with a flow that is slightly offbeat, but every time you think he messes up, he catches it. Every single time. I'll, I will say I hate Jay Z, but it has nothing to do with his music. He is a, uh, okay. He is a phenomenal rapper. I will give him all the props, all the credit, all the respect in and the world. And he's been able music. to adapt, but still stay true to his core for what since 1996. Yeah, even as a and he still he still comes out and does a feature and snaps every once in a while. Yeah. So and he married Beyonce. He that also he also married Beyonce. He's also the first hip hop billionaire. Most underrated rapper of all time, Jay or anyone, anyone who, who, who you got under underrated or underappreciated. I'm gonna go with Mortal Technique. Oh, that's a good one. The greatest dancing with the devil. The great dude dancing with the devil. Billy Jacobs. What a what a that's a good what, one. What a fucking song. Heartbreaking. That is a really Immortal good Technique one. Mortal Technique is the great because here's the thing. He never signed. He's the greatest indie rapper of all time. I came this close to meeting him. My boss, my, I can't my old, believe my you just said a mortal technique, man. I didn't know you was you were you were hip to like dude, a mortal people, technique. Man. People are surprised how much I know about hip hop. A mortal technique, man. Do I fucking love hip hop? Honestly, I think there's a question on here. 
one rap you could bring back from the dead. We'll do that after. I want to. I want to hear your most underrated rapper of all time, and we can do that question. Uh, I like that we're talking about hip hop. Uh, more technique. Damn. It's hard to beat tech. Underrated. Probably not the most underrated, but Big Pun was nasty. Okay, Big Pun. Yeah, I can fuck with Big Pun. Not a lot of people mention Big Pun. Yeah, that's that's a name I haven't heard in a or very long Big time. Or Big L. Dude, gotta gotta rap hard. Uh, I mean, they're they're in the, they're L. in the conversation, but it's been so long. Well, Big L was killed. He was killed. Big it's Big L. Big O's Big O's. Well, it's, they're both dead. You know, Big Pun. Big Pun Big, died Big, too. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't. Big L was like what murdered. Yeah, yeah. In so Harlem. he and he was murdered before he could pop off. Right, and that's why I think he's a great mention. He is, but it's, like, it's not his fault. Like, you know, tech's still alive. You do know that it was a mistaken identity? Did you know that? I did not know that. Somebody, they thought he was, I think, I could be wrong, but I th- I think Big L had a twin brother. I'm not even making this up. And they thought it was his brother. So, mistaken identity, face, you know, the guy's like, you know, looks like him. You know, so. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'd like probably say I'd say Big Pun. I'd say Big L, because they get their props, but it's only once in a while. I can't believe I'm forgetting this guy's name. How about like uh, someone like Talib? Talib Kweli. Yeah. Or like, or like Black Gangstar. Yeah, Most Def. I fuck with Most Def. Yeah, I used to really like Most Def. God, I I have a guy's name, but I can't completely forget his name. Um. He's like the greatest supporting rapper of all time. Supporting? He's, he's dead. He's the guy I'd bring back from the life if he was dead. He's dead. He's one rapper I'd bring back from the dead. Um, I'd bring... It's, I hate, Nate Dogg. Nate Dogg? I would bring, bring Nate, Dogg Nate Dogg back from the dead. I fucking Yo, love Nate Dogg. You know how long Nate Dogg has been singing hooks, man? He, yeah, He's dude. on songs with Tupac. I know, dude. Nate Dogg. Nate Dogg. Nate he's Dog. the best featuring rapper in the history of rap. The, he is the... He is the best featuring rapper of all time. Hands down. Yeah. I fucking he's like, I love he's Nate He's like Dog. Samuel L. Jackson with the amount of movies he's been in. Yeah. Died in 2011. I was heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> One rapper I bring back to life, I would have loved to see Tupac's story play out. Yeah, that's the easy one, though. And I know it's a real easy one, but I was still am. Huge, 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 huge. I even went down a conspiracy rabbit hole of all the things surrounding his death. And yeah, they never, never caught his or Biggie's killer. Oh, yeah. I think there's yeah. a whole bunch of cover-ups and things going yeah. on. But that's not even what I'm talking about. There's a whole bunch of wild conspiracy theories that he's alive. I know. There's no, there's none of a Biggie. Everybody's like, yeah, he's dead. But Tupac, they're like, no, he's still alive somewhere. Like, Yo, I didn't know Nate Dogg and Snoop Dogg were actually related. Are they're, they? They're cousins, according to Wikipedia. So is that somebody just being stupid? Because both uh, dude, of their names have dog at the end. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, honestly, <laughs> by I any be... chance, Nate, are you really? Are you related to Snoop Dogg? Yeah. <laughs> are you his nephew? <laughs> yeah, Nate Dogg, dude. Uncle rest, Snoop. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, to Nate Dogg, man. All right. Would you consider mummification? Totally random. <laughs> I switched. I switched the switched the conversation completely. <laughs> you weren't expecting that. Would you? Would you? Okay. Would you? Would you? Okay. Out of like, you know, 
people have their final wishes, how they want to do when they die. I want to throw my family a fucking curveball. You know what? I want to be mummified. I want to be mummified. I want to be mummified. The whole works. I cut out my organs, put them in jars, discard the brain. Like, like they suck your brain out through your nose and just throw it away. You know quite a, you can do you know quite a lot about mummification. Well, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Origins lately, which takes place in ancient Egypt. So yeah, uh, okay. that's where it all came from. All right. And it's like I think, I think being wrapped, you know, because like they unwrap mummies, and they're still they're pretty well preserved. I've see I've never actually seen what it actually looks like. Pull it up. Put Un- up on Google. Unwrapped mummy. Yeah, mummy. It's like some of the bodies, like still actually. The, I mean, like they're dead. They're dead as fuck. It's not like you can like can't like like see the skin or anything. You can't tell if like they were white or whatever. But uh, they look pretty preserved. I think I think being mummified is the way to go. Yo, they got they got hair. It looks like. Yeah, it's like it's like there's still kind of skin there. I think I think just to change it up. I mean, they look a lot more like people than like, you know. Yeah. Regular. Yeah. Like it just looks like an anorexic person. Yeah. Is that is that is that politically incorrect? Because I believe that is the medical term. I don't know, dude. Who gives a shit? You know how like we're talking about mummies, Christian. Everything is like called the the mummy anorexic. (laughs) She's been dead for thousands of years. Actually, you know what I heard the other day? Not to make us political, but I'm gonna make it political because it's fun. Um, Archaeologists are gonna stop identifying the gender of the that the remains they find because they don't know how they would have identified when they were alive. That is the most ridiculous shit I've ever. Heard. <laughs> it's like, it's like I hope that's not true. That I can't, hope, that can't be. True. I hope that's the. Do you idea think people bro? in the scientific community would like honestly? Google it. Google it. Yeah, I do. I really do. You know, you know how liberal the scientific community is. Fucking liberal as fuck. They all academics. Yeah, but like. Yeah. That's not even like. Yeah, these, I believe it. These are facts. I totally Science believe is it. facts. I totally believe it. I totally. Like, mummies, you know. Well, I mean, I don't see a penis. So, uh, we can't ask them. And we know they didn't mummify women, so. But we still can't ask them. Actually, they might have mummified women. I actually have What no am idea. I going to type in for this? Uh, archaeologists. Stop. Oh, my God. I already found it. It's like archaeologists stop gendering. Specimens or whatever. Resist push to omit. Yeah, of human remains. Well, yeah, you definitely should. Like these, they're these are facts. I mean, call it whatever you want. Call it a woman. Call it a man. Just say it's a person with a penis or with a vagina. Yeah. Like you know, like are we gonna go this far with with labels? I don't. I don't think. Uh, like you know, like Lucy, like one of the first like, do, specimens do we, they found. Do, do we think that they were so advanced back then that they were thinking about like, well, I feel like, you know, a woman, or I feel like a man? I, I don't. I don't. I don't think they were thinking about these. Well, things. actually, no, that's not true. They were actually so like ancient Rome, ancient Greece. A lot of them were gender fluid. So, well, gender fluid, but they weren't making it a point to label themselves, were they? I don't know. Because I mean, like no, I'm not, no I'm know. not, I'm not saying like. But the 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 idea of they just didn't care. Now, their, their, yeah. their idea of gender, like, did, did they know what non-binary or like whatever these made-up terms are today are? Mm. No, they'd probably use something else. 
But studies in this history show that, you know, back then, gender really wasn't a huge deal. That's actually not true either. So there's this guy named Douglas Murray, who is a, like, scientist, professor, whatever, historian. I don't know what they exactly call him. But Douglas Murray mm-hmm. studies ancient civilizations. And he has this theory, or he noticed this pattern, I should say, that right before the downfall of every major civilization, like a Rome or like the Great Khans or whatever, right before they collapsed, there was a massive obsession with gender. Really? That the people of that society just started ignoring gender norms. They started ignoring what gender is. They started ignoring what male and females were. And then society has collapsed. Like within the next few hundred years or whatever, what have you. So... You know, look up yourself. Like if you're out there, don't take my word for it. Look up yourself because I'm sure it's more detailed than that. But that's like the popsicle stick reading of it. The idea is that... I mean, it just sounds like being organized. Well, it's like if everybody on the football field just decided to play whatever position they wanted. Yeah, t- so t- here's how I read it. This is a Will Tarish original now. Um, if you as a society can't agree on gender, something as basic and fundamental of I am a boy, you are also a boy, and your mom upstairs, she's a woman. <laughs> if you cannot agree on that, and someone goes, actually, no, I don't, th- no, 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 no. Like, if you can't agree on that as a society, the most basic fundamentals of society. I'm going to say there's some fundamental. How are you going to agree on anything else? How are you going to agree on health care? How are you going to agree on taxation? How are you going to agree? Well, the things you're talking about or the point you're making is these things are way more complex than that. Exactly. Like, this gender is the most fundamental, basic aspect of society. It's just organization that's all it is it's that's really all it that's is. what i was saying it comes yeah. down to organization and it's, having 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 roles and if you if you can't have an a most basic fundamental organized society you don't have a society you can't fix any pertinent issues how are you going to fix baltimore in the crime in chicago if you can't agree if they're all men or not It's very simple, but it's also, it's very complicated. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it there, there comes to an extent where it becomes problematic when, if you have like a, a person who's gone through a sex change playing in say, say the WNBA. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's times where it can become problematic. I see. The thing is, I don't. I don't care about people identifying as whatever they want. No, neither do I. But no, absolutely not. I do feel as though I respect if you become a woman or if you become a man, all right. That's what you are. It's your right to do so as well. And yeah, it's your right to do so and that's what you are. But if you feel like a man but you're a woman, I'm not going to, you know, verbalize it to you, but you're still a woman. Yeah. In my, in my, in my, from my point of view, especially, I'm like, okay, you identify as a man, but you are a woman. And I'm not going to, you know, say that to the, an individual who wants to be identified that way. But if somebody asked me, I, I feel like it would be very difficult for me to say he, 
you know, he's coming over. Yeah. If somebody was asking about that particular person. Do you know anyone who uses they, them pronouns? I only see it on social media. So actually, one of my good friends um, uses they, them pronouns. They, they, uh, they identify as non-binary. Mm-hmm. And I think trans, honestly, I'm not 100% sure. Because I think it's changed in the past few years. But they're, in, they're incredible. They're one of my favorite people on this planet. You say they. They, yeah, they. As it's one person. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So actually, I I was one of those people that, like, you know, they, them isn't grammatically correct. It's stupid. Well, what? That's is, not true. What is it that they mean by that? So the, the analogy they use is, um, actually, they, they were a guest on a podcast. Kay Murphy. I think it's like episode 13 or something. Um, were a guest on a podcast, and they kind of just break it down. So, you know, you have gym class. Yeah. Where you got the, it's like one class on one side, usually the boys. You got the divider in the wall in the middle, and the other class is the girls on the other side. Okay. They feel like they're stuck in the middle running around the circle. They don't identify uh, as one or the other. They feel like neither, or they feel like both. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they recognize that they were born a woman. You know, they were. I hate the term assigned female at birth, but they are, I think the, the term I heard was like woman-bodied, something like that. Right. Um, but they identify as non-binary. It's See, I, 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 I think the idea of being non-binary is actually kind of cool. I fuck with it. I think it's I, great. I think it's cool. I mean, to be free, you and I, we're not free in that way. You know, there's certain things, certain moments where you can't help but be programmed by what is considered masculine behavior. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, maybe you were just conditioned that way. Like, okay, the, 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 the argument that, that um, girls cry more than guys, right? Let's just say that's true. For what reason? I mean, there are there obviously is some scientific reasons, but it's hormonal. But in probably. hormonal reasons, and just being wired completely differently. But we could just as easily been brought up in a way where it would been it would have been way more acceptable and more socially acceptable to, to be a lot more emotional. Yeah. And there's moments in time where maybe you do feel that way. There's a moment where emotions are running high, but you get it together. Why? Because you're expected to as a man. But a, yeah. non, but a non-binary person, no fucks. I feel how I feel. There's no gender label attached to it. And I think that's pretty liberating. It's interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no expectations. Like, we don't talk about, we, as much as we should, the expectations that are put, put on whatever label that you are. Because, but that's because there are labels. And that's why... I also have a problem kind of uh, to an extent with the labels, like because the idea of the the labels is to kind of express yourself. But you're also making yourself different by pointing it out. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's an interesting, confusing world. And somehow we got from mummification to non-binary people. So that's very interesting. I don't know how we pulled that off. But yeah, I'd be mummified. Sure. Why not? Um. Would I be mummified? See, the thing is, I don't think about death that much. I don't think about what I would want. 
you know, some people are like, oh, I want to be cremated. They know it. Yeah, I don't. I, I honestly, I just put my vacation on there because I was playing Assassin's Creed. But uh, I don't I, think about it. I also don't think about death. I know there's a question on here. How do you think you're gonna die? Um, we don't have to do that one now. But um, just in just in general, like death, I have no fear of death, like at all. I just know it's it's just coming. It'll yeah. happen at some point. Yeah, you know? it's like. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm a daredevil. I don't look for death. I don't look for like exciting scenarios where I might die. Doesn't mean if somebody put a gun to your head, you're like, yeah, just do it. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't play Russian roulette. You know what I'm saying? But, but the idea of death is fascinating. To me, well, it's, it's the unknown. To me, I think death is the most interesting and complicated part of life. Because it's the one thing you're never going to get the answer to, but everyone would eventually find out. Or not. Or not, right? I mean, because what if it's just nothing? It's the, it's the great question that can't be answered. What happens when you die? A lot of theories. Yeah, no one knows. But no one knows. The only people who know are the ones who died. And they can't tell us. So, I think reincarnation's cool. I think that's really cool. I mean, it's definitely a tightrope. Yeah, you better live the right way. I like. I like. Come the, back as a rat. <laughs> I, I like. I like the idea of the afterlife. I like the idea of a heaven. Um. But well, if anything, I'm just I'm curious. Well, I would. I well, the, the 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 idea of heaven. I think it's interesting. What age are you in heaven? Well, this is all the mystical things that we've built into the narrative, but. What is heaven? What is heaven? What I'm saying is, if you're in heaven, is there, is there a heaven for the people in heaven? Like, is it like another level? Does it stop right there? Is is nobody's ever thought about that? Like, like if someone, if someone is, if I go to heaven and someone else I know and grew up with is in that heaven, is it also their heaven or are they just stuck in my? Like, heaven? and they're an asshole. Yeah. You know, like what happens? Oh my god! If I, like, is if it, I see my childhood bullies in heaven, I'm gonna kill myself. Because, like, all over realistically, again. if if everyone, this is like this is real deep, kind of like you, what are you smoking stuff? But like, heaven would be extremely annoying if everybody was perfect. Yeah, and like there was no contrast. So, you know what? <laughs> I've never thought about this before. But like, is there good and bad in heaven? And if there is bad, does that mean there's another level? Can you go back down to Earth? Can you can you go to Purgatory? <laughs> like, is, like purgatory? is that really what reincarnation is? <laughs> so yeah, do like okay. He's like, yo, we're getting rid of you, man. You gotta, you, yo, you gotta go live another hundred years. Get back down there. Yeah, what if low key like his hell's better? Like you're like you're more free in hell, right? Because like well, he- yeah. heaven, like okay, you if, still gotta be good. Here's the here's the thing. You though. still gotta like live a certain life according to the according to the book. That's what I mean. Like if, or if, the books. If you if you go story. to heaven. <laughs> If you go to heaven, do you have to fall? Like if, if if there's guidelines, <laughs> God, God guidelines. If there's guidelines, not in gui- life, not guidelines. I like guidelines. That's that's part of the episode title. If there's guidelines to get into heaven, and you get to heaven, do you still have to follow those guidelines? Do you just stop being good? Like this seems just like, honestly, dude, is heaven sounds like the most woke, shittiest, unfun place in the history of ever. Well, Biggie, he, he do you know this uh, suicidal thoughts by Biggie? Yeah, he made a good point. He says like, oh, when I die, I want to go to hell because I'm a piece of shit. It ain't hard to can tell 
Makes no sense going to heaven with the goody goodies dressed in white. I like black Tims and black hoodies. God probably had me on some real strict shit. No sleeping all day. No getting my licked. And it's like, that's kind of the, I never realized that that's kind of the point he's making. You got to continue to be on the level. Yeah. Got to be continue to be on the level. Yeah. Are there hierarchies in heaven? Like, oh, you didn't get invited to dinner with God and Jesus? Ugh. You're stuck with Bartholomew. Well, we, didn't, we didn't. We didn't. see Jim at the dinner party. Yeah, go over. Go over and sit with Balthazar. He hasn't bathed. Like that's what? Uh, that's great. That's mind blowing because it completely it completely like destroys the fabric. Yeah, dude. And, and well, not, hell, not 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 really. It doesn't destroy it completely. If you go to hell, it's just like Twitter. It's just nonsense and chaos and boobs everywhere. Yeah, but. And according to Biggie, every jobs. everyone, yeah, according to Biggie, <laughs> because that that's where you'd rather be. I mean, but in a world where you can do whatever you want without any consequences, this is the, the we're using the idea of hell as not a burning fiery pit where it's just suffering and anguish. We're more saying a world where there's no. I, rules. Do, I think I think we're kind of trying to sell hell to people. I think we're trying to sell it. Hell is pretty cool. <laughs> it's like yo, all right, yo, you fuck know, these. I'm like, I'm like heaven. You got to keep on being good, man. Yeah. So fuck these god lines. I'm just gonna be mean wherever I end up ends up. Well, cause like like I'm getting real deep into this. If you're if you're good all the time in heaven, then you essentially don't have free will. Exactly, because you gotta follow the godlines. You gotta be like, you is only. You gotta one. follow the community godlines. There's no contrast. The community godlines. Community godlines. The community godlines. Is it like a gated I community? Nailed it. Yeah, dude. Heaven has a gate. Please. There's a gate. Yeah, yeah. It's got a gate and a secretary. Yeah. With a flat ass. <laughs> Man. Let's, let's do one more question. All right. Because we haven't been asking questions. Uh, we haven't been doing questions That's this entire fine. time. Who gives a shit? Um, it's not on here. I'm inspired by another one. It says, do you listen to foreign music? But I'm going to ask, do you listen to movies in other languages? Do you watch movies in other languages? Um, Occasionally, if it's good. There's a few out there that are excellent. Like well, you you ever watch anything in Polish? No. Do you speak Polish? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. No, I bet I bet Polish Hollywood is awful. I bet it's absolutely terrible. Hmm. I would put money on it that it's unwatchable. Um, sorry all my Polish people out there, I love you. Um, but yeah, there's been times like Letters from Iwo Jima, hmm. which is uh, Iwo Jima from World War II from the Japanese perspective, right? It's powerful. It's very, very powerful. And it's it's not Americanized, obviously. Well, it's made by Clint Eastwood. I think it was d- directed by Clint Eastwood. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So it's American, American made, but because it's like uh, Flags of Our Fathers uh, was the story of Iwo Jima from the Americans' perspective, and like what happened to all of them when they got home from the war, as opposed to Eat Loads from Iwo Jima, which is just strictly from the Japanese perspective, all in Japanese on the island because all of them pretty much got murdered. What killed in action. Not murdered. Killed yeah, in action. Americans, we talk a lot about like other dictators and heinous things that the world's done, but that one definitely has to well, be, it's, be it's, in the conversation of taking the cake. It's a it's a different perspective. Because the story goes is that they surrendered and we just blew them up anyway. That's the way and, the story and, goes. And Iwo Jima? 
Hiroshima. No, Iwo Jima. This is Iwo Jima. Oh, okay. not Hiroshima. Okay, not Hiroshima. That's no, that's completely different. Hiroshima, Iwo, Iwo Jima. So you know, like you know, like the famous picture of like the the people on the island lifting up the flag. It's like six guys lifting up the flag. Mm-hmm. That's Iwo Jima. Okay. So Iwo Jima is one of the islands when we're doing island hopping. So that movie's in Japanese. Phenomenal. Um, there's uh Midnight in Paris with which is in French, obviously. Uh, with Marlon Brando, the famous the famous pass the butter scene. Uh, I'll let you Google it if you want. It's hilarious and pass gross. The, pass the butter. Put it this way. Um, they didn't have lube. That's that's your hint. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that's an excellent <laughs> movie. Watch. We watched that in uh, college in class. That was great. Um. Other shows in other languages, um, Lilyhammer on Netflix, Norwegian. That was pretty good. So I will watch things in other languages if it's good. Yeah, why not? I I I watch everything with subtitles anyway. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, everything. me too. Every everything. everything, everything. And that's just live. Everything. Um, nah, we uh, it definitely helps. It does. Definitely helps. I watch a lot of Spanish shows. I bet. Um, because I'm not completely fluent. But they also have really good writing. It's very dramatic. Plot twists. They write good thrillers. They write, write, write good thrillers. Not to mention it helps me get a little bit more in touch with my heritage. So, Spanish movies. House of Cards. Uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, House of Cards. Kevin Spacey. No, no, no. House Wait. of Cards. Um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, Money Heist. Money Heist, Living, uh, one's called Living Without Permission. Um, I'm about to just finish one called Alba. They all happen to t- like take place in Spain. I think Netflix just got the algorithm right. But they make they make some good shows though. But mostly, mostly, mostly Spanish. But I'm never against watching other ones too, because especially with Netflix, it's become so globalized. There's a lot of good stuff that's in French or Spanish or whatever. Yeah, there is there is one. Uh, movie on Netflix I watched not too long ago, another World War Two movie, um about, again also Norway, Nor I think it was Norway or Sweden, um it was a true story, completely in Swedish or Finnish or fucking whatever language they speak <laughs> up there <laughs> I don't remember, but this guy, this story of this guy and how he survived, is fucking crazy. Like you thought Leo DiCaprio had a tough time in The Revenant. This guy was like, hold my beer. I forgot the name of it. Oh, yeah? I forget the name of it. It's off Netflix, but it was incredible. So, yeah, honestly, foreign films are a lot good to watch because it's different from the Hollywood, like, rubric. They tend to have very compelling or based off true stories, but I would just say compelling in general because of what you just said, that, and- that, that rubric. And did you know... Because I don't know if we've talked about this, but I've talked to a lot of people about this. The reason why Hollywood has gone to shit. Do you know why? Like one of the biggest reasons? No. Like me. With the world becoming more globalized. And is, it, is it China? It's because of China? It's not necessarily because of China. <laughs> it's because of China. It's not, not because, it's of, because China. of China. It's because the way the numbers have shifted, 80% of box office is international. So, mm. Hollywood oh, yeah, no, has sure. adapted and yeah. made cookie-cutter films 
or films where there isn't too many American symbols, colloquialisms, representations. Like, we're never going to have some of the most iconic movies that we've had, like The Godfather, because it's just too American. You know, not really. The Godfather, honestly, it's kind of crazy to say or The like, Godfather is very American. It's no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's very or like the first or things least. like you know even like other movies like The Breakfast Club or Ugh, what a film you know um, Scarface, all of these different just super iconic films. It's Hollywood is not going in that direction. Streaming is because streaming is replacing a lot of what's happening in Hollywood yeah, and, okay. and bring and bringing good stories back. Yeah. But prior to that, think about the movies in the last fifteen years. Fast Marvel. twelve. Yeah. And I don't Marvel a thousand? Ma- yeah, Mar- I was gonna say that. Marvel a thousand. All Batman of, all again. the biggest selling movies, it's just straight blockbusters. Yeah. Straight blockbusters. I mean, do they make a billion dollars though? Oh yeah. I mean, but that's what it is. They're following the money. Follow the money. Always follow the money. And they're they're still good. Like I I know people who they're, like the they're, Marvel they're, movies. They're 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 entertaining. Yeah. That's, they're, that's uh, fair. like good, great. I know. Do I love Spider Man? The last Spider-Man. Uh, the multiverse? Yeah. That, you know, yeah. that was the first Tom Holland Spider-Man I've ever seen. Ah, it's incredible. And I was just mind blown. The other the other two but are also very, very good. I was mind blown. I mean, but to the point of Marvel, it's like they follow the same formula. Every movie's pretty much the same. And with the the uh the corny asides. Yeah, the, and it's you like know, the the lines that they say. They all have to be funny. They all be action, but like not actually funny. Uh, but like, like, like not not ha ha funny, but like ah, uh, like corny. a like a snappy, yeah, it's witty. Like, like it, they all uh, be witty. In like the Fast series, I swear Vin Diesel's the star of this movie. He has the least amount of lines, and they're yeah. all the same. Yeah, they're, like, all, they're all the same. Sometimes movies. you just gotta race, kid. Double family, yeah, family. It's oh all, yeah, yeah, the family. They're, they're all they're family. all the same. Yeah, they make the same movie over and over again. That's I think. That was the problem with Star Wars. Star Wars tried to be witty and snappy and funny and quirky and quickby. It's just like, and representing all the groups. You have a black guy. You have a strong woman. You have another strong woman. You have another black guy. It's just like, guys, can you just tell a good story, please, for fuck's sake? Don't. You can do both. You can do both. You can do both. And that's my, that's kind of my overall problem with Hollywood as a whole. Yeah. There's with, a lot of with like TV whole. shows and then movies, it's like. I mean, but again. You can watch what's old. Like I, I definitely watch more old things than new things. Uh, me as well. Yeah, but I will say that streaming giants, the video streaming giants, have brought, and it's interesting. You look at it. That's where all the great actors are now. All the all the great actors and actresses, they're they're now they're they're not even in theaters, barely. Yeah. Every, everything's going straight to to Netflix or HBO Max or or they go to, they go to theaters within three weeks to on a streaming service right yeah you know, yeah super quick that's, that's the evolution let me ask are you are you a fan of comedies like comedy movies um not so many that have come out in the past well that's that's my point ten years that's my point when was the last like great American guys like, comedy? Guys like Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn and like You could have picked way funnier people than those two, but I see your point. You get what I'm saying? Like these guys, they, they were good in the, 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 the romantic comedies or the action com like Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan? No. Oh, uh, Bro, what's it called? that was a marriage. What was that movie? Uh, Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Like hilarious. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. not like that was a moment. Will Smith's money uh, movies, John Apatow's movies. I don't say Will Smith. Will Ferrell. Um, Will, yeah, Will Ferrell. Adam Sandler movies Ma- in the Ma- 90s. Ma- like, Men in Black had its time. Yeah. Men in Black 2. Didn't really like the ones after that. Like, action comedies. Yeah, but but when when was the last great American comedy? What would you say? I have no idea. Because we haven't had one. And, like, like laugh or like, out or loud. Or, like, and, and, and you're going to love this. Shrek. Shrek? Yeah. 2001. Fuck yeah, Shrek. I would probably say I probably go back as far back, maybe Step Brothers. Step Brothers, Step Brothers. When did that come out? Probably two thousand nine, two thousand eight. I would say Super Bad was pretty hilarious. Super Bad that was like two thousand seven. Yeah, that was that was definitely two thousand seven. Like that era, like once we hit like twenty fourteen. Movies just co- the comedies in particular. It's because, dude, like you can't, you just can't tell those studios just won't tell those jokes anymore because they'll get canceled. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Especially, like, well, that that that's specific to comedies. That I'm saying, yeah, specific to comedies. Yeah, that's specific to comedies. To like, comedies. like raunchy adult, like old school, like the movie old school type of comedies. Right. College, like Neighbors with Seth Rogen. Okay, you know what? This is the end. 2013. I'm gonna go. This is the end. That was the last really, really hilarious comedy. Oh, this is the end. I thought you were saying this is the end. No, this, the movie. This, this is the this, end. This is the thing. James Franco, yeah, yeah, the yeah. ball in the house, um, Apocalypse, Jonah Hill. End of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rihanna was in yeah, it. I think. Yeah, that. Jordan, Michael Sarah stole the show. Yeah, that was my senior year of high school. The, that was the last great American. It wasn't comedy. the uh, Eastbound and Down guy in that too? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? That the. I'm gonna check off if I want. That w- yeah, that was a good one. That's probably the last great American comedy. Because after that, you know, the whole... Like what, like, 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 I, think, like, I think the Me Too movement was shortly after there and all these movements, like the Black Lives Matter really popped up after that. You know, like non-binary became a major thing after that. It's like you can't make these jokes anymore. See, but... In, in, in a Hollywood-produced comedy. And that's why I love Dave Chappelle. Well, that's the thing. Or, the, the or and, and there's a host of there's a host of comedians that are saying, you know what, you can't make these jokes anymore, but I will, you know, because all right, it's like it's a, it's a comedian's job to make fun of things. It's yes. okay to make fun of fat people. It's okay to make you know make fun of this or that, but because you're non-binary, I can't make fun of it. It's a thing. People Rick, make fun of things. Ricky, Ricky Gervais said it best in his latest special. And oh, gonna, he, he's a guy with no filter, no filter. He said he's like, I yes, I am making fun of you, but I'm giving what you want. I'm including you. I'm acknowledging you. I'm including if you. I if I don't make fun of you. You know, I'm Dude, making fun he, of everybody else. He said the buzzword. In- inclusion. 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 I am including you in my jokes. You are welcome in this space where I make fun of everybody else, including myself. And that's the great irony. So the, the the Hollywood comedy is dead. However, well, they, they say comedy is the only still true art form. The stand up comedy. Stand up comedy. That's what, yeah, that's comedy. what I, that's what I'm talking about. Stand up comedy, comedy is alive and well. I was listening and podcasting and podcasting. I was speak. I was listening to uh, Andrew Schultz. Um, he's a massive comedian now. He popped off in, in during COVID uh, with his this post on Instagram and YouTube. He's hilarious. He was on Rogan. I was listening to him on the way over here and made the point of comedy is the new rock and roll. Oh, yeah. 
You know guys like Bill Burr? I fucking love Bill Burr. Him, Dave Chappelle, man, they just don't care. They don't care. I and, love it. But what, what you understand, what they do is very, very hard. Yeah. It's very hard. Comedy is the only art form where you can, you can only do it in front of people. You can't practice to yourself. Right. You, you can only practice in front of a live crowd. Like imagine, imagine uh, like, uh, like Guns N' Roses where they couldn't practice in a studio or in their garage. They had to practice in front of an audience. Right. Or a rapper where like he can't just go in a, go in a studio. He can't book cube recording studios and freestyle for a half hour. He has to do it in front of a live audience, get booed. Or get no reaction. Like, for someone as good as Bill Burr. And he's good. He's polished. He's he's polished. Like, I tuned into Bill Burr probably a couple years ago. But I, I don't know. He's up there for, with my favorites. Like, he's up there with Dave for me. I mean, I don't think he's as polished as Dave Chappelle. But I think he's like, he will be. Yeah. Dave, and I, and I think, a, and I think, a few years on. I think he's in the conver- He's definitely in the conversation, regardless of being a, of being the great comedians out there today. Yeah, Dave Dave Chappelle is the greatest like, comedian, like some alive of the today. greatest. You know, um, yeah. I think Bill Burr is working his way there. He's had, you know, he's had a couple specials. Um, Dude, Bill Burr's been around since like 2009. Oh yeah, he's been around a long, long time. And you listen to his old stuff. My my one thing about Bill Burr, he always go, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, right? Yeah, yeah right. fuck, yeah, right? You know, right? Yeah, you know, so you know. I'm, I'm, uh, you know? I'm, uh, I'm from Boston, you know. You know, and uh, I'm talking to my wife, you know, <laughs> and uh, she's like, she's black, you know. I know I got a black wife, you know. Ah, like that, that, that was Bill Burr back then, but Bill Burr now, he, he cut that shit. No, he's, he still, he still does it, but it's very, it's, it's very much. much in moderation. It's very, yeah, it's not that much, and he's. He's just his writing is so clever. It's so smart. His transitions are so good. Yeah. It's just like when I watch guys like Bill Burr, it reminds me that it is an art form. It's not just mm-hmm. somebody screaming on stage or making voices or making faces. Like this guy is spreading different perspectives. Yeah. You know, by you know? cleverly, by making fun of things. You know, he's pointing out, I just did the, you know, <laughs> uh, I do it a lot by, by pointing out, by pointing out like the things that are, he's basically pointing out the things that's wrong with us, the things that are wrong with society. That's what comedians are supposed to do. And and like, I've always felt that a lot of comedians, not all comedians, some, some comedians are kind of low bar, just talk about situations with their family. Yeah. Um, but guys like Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, it's the big idea. It's what's happening now. What's in the culture? Yeah. Comedians are supposed to make fun of everything. And so- I know you uh, told me about Lenny Bruce. Yes. So they just had a comedy special on Netflix. I didn't get through it. I'd started it. Uh, it's like John Stewart, John Mulaney, Dave Chappelle. They're honoring. They're created a, for the first time a Hall of Fame for comedians. Mm. And some of the people that were being inducted were... You mentioned him. They the honorable mention to Lenny Bruce, but Bruce uh George Carlin. Of course. Legend. Uh, Robin Williams. Legend. Uh Joan Rivers. Legend. And I can't remember the other one. Richard Pryor. Oh, Richard Pryor. Legend. Yeah, Richard Pryor. You saw it? No. But oh. that those those are all perfect inductees. I'd right. probably add actually maybe 
maybe I wouldn't add Eddie Murphy. He didn't have enough. He didn't do it long enough. But Eddie Murphy's legend. Oh yeah, legendary. But I think uh, uh, he he wasn't in there. Yeah, and he's also alive. It seems like everybody up there had passed. That's true. All those up there are dead. Yeah. Uh, shame Bill Cosby won't be there, but that's acceptable. <sighs> God damn it, Bill. Yeah. How how Christian? How upset are you about Bill Cosby? Not as exce- not as upset as I should be. Is that because you never liked Bill Cosby? Because you really like Bill Cosby? Like, <laughs> I, like there were so many things. Like during that time period, there's so many me too, me too things being thrown at you. This guy, this guy, this person doing this, this executive at Fox doing this bombshell, like this, this, that, and the third. Um, I don't know. It was a lot. Louis C- Louis C.K. taking out his dick and doing weird shit. Like he asked permission during that time period. There were so many just things happening, and like obviously it was huge shock. Um. Oh my God. Then R. R- Kelly too. Like oh my God. But uh, I don't know. I wasn't that upset about it. I was just like, oh wow, him too. What well, a crazy thing about Bill Cosby is... I would definitely be... And the thing is, Bill Cosby is, like, before our generation. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I watched tons of the Bill Cosby show. But did I watch him in I Spy? Did I watch him in all, like, the old films and, and, and TV shows and movies that he was in? Not really. No, me neither. You know, I've seen some comedy from him. But Will if, if I found out Will Smith or Denzel... Oh, I'd be heartbroken. Oh, yeah. I was heartbroken sure. about the, the, the smack incident. I was. I was very upset about that. I was heartbroken about Louis C.K. I watched a little of his show. Uh, Louis. Oh, Louis on yeah. FX? Yeah, 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 it was a great show. Yeah. A little depressing at times, but that's that's who he is, dude. That's just who Louis is. He's a weird guy with a sex problem. and Well, I should say a masturbation problem. But I wouldn't say he's a predator. I never got the details. I never bothered. I just heard he like took his dick out or something. Yeah, he uh he asked women permission if he could masturbate in front of them. You know, Dave Chappelle does a bit. He's like, you know, I couldn't help but laugh a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you you look at Louis and you just go, yeah, he did that. That makes sense. Yeah, he that makes sense. And no one doubted it. Not one person doubted it. And I like lo- I, I liked it. how his humor, you know. Pro- oh, he's hilarious! I called him the modern very, day George Carlin. Very off, uh, off, off color humor. His best joke is: you can tell how good of a person you are how soon after nine eleven you masturbated. The crowd pops, they laugh, and he goes, "Me? Oh, me? I was doing it in between the first and second towers going down." That's his best joke. Unafraid. Hilarious. Unafraid. It's just, dude, the first time I heard it, I I think I pulled over. It was so funny. I I laughed so hard. The George Carlin, one of the features, they were, because they were shouting exactly what you said. They were like, George Carlin, Lenny Bruce, these guys went to jail for their comedy. Apparently, Carlin didn't. Bruce did. Oh, okay. Yeah. George Carlin was after Lenny Bruce. So George Carlin. He said he he was the first person to say all the words you cannot say on the, television. The seven words you can't say on television. It's, it's like, like piss, cock, motherfucker, cunt, and something else. I forget. Yeah, it was like seven words. Yeah, the seven words. Yeah. So, but he started out as a cookie cutter. Oh fuck! 
Yeah, fuck, of course. He started out as a cookie cutter comedian. Like, I was hearing the story. Wearing a suit. Wearing a suit and tie. All clean cut. You were like, uh, it was, I mean, we talked about this like, the first time we did one of these shows mm-hmm. um, about George Carnes. Like, you know, what did the what cucumbers say to the watermelon? Why so great? I don't know. Something stupid. Like, right? Like, got any seeds? Whatever. Something stupid. I'm not going to back, I'm not going to off the cup call me like that. Right, right, right. But, and, then, and then he just flipped the switch. And went crazy. Said appara- apparently the way the story was told, the way John Stewart was saying, is that he was making a living, a great living, supporting his family, had a very nice house, but he felt like he wasn't leaving his mark on the time period. Which he wasn't. And he just completely made a switch, grew his hair out, didn't grew out his beard, started wearing whatever, and started going crazy. Dude, we we need, we need a George Carlin in these times. Oh yeah. We just need someone. I mean, Netflix is making a huge push. There's, I've seen probably four comedy specials in the past two weeks. They're just Netflix is a joke. It's like a, it's like yeah. a, it's like a wing. It's, yeah, like it's a, like a, 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 a yeah, part it's a, it's of a their branch of Netflix. Branch of Netflix yeah. where they're just pushing out comedy things left and right. Even Snoop Dogg had a special. Yeah, Bill Bill Burr had like a festival where it's like you know he had like seven, I saw I saw that yeah seven comedians they each get like five minutes yeah or seven minutes yeah some of them are really funny some of them kind of suck oh, yeah. and then like David Tell came on I was like oh this motherfucker David Tell another legend thoughts on John Mulaney I don't, I never listened to a stand up to be honest. I've had I've, there was one in particular I thought was funny. Other times I just find him to be whiny. From what I heard, he's funny, but he's very, very, very mainstream. And he's very prim, prim and proper. Yeah. Yeah. With the suit. Yeah, I, I know he's successful. I know people like him. People say he's hilarious. I'll take their word for it. I've never actually listened to him. But I think, uh, you know, guys like Bill Burr are a little bit more rough around the edges. I mean, you you do have that kind of like that clean comic that that Kevin Hart comedy. Like Kevin Hart sells out like stadiums. You know, Fluffy Gabriel Iglesias, he sold out Dodger Stadium three times. I don't know him as Fluffy, but yeah, the big the big fat guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know he, he is. I just you know, I didn't know fluffy. him as I didn't no, know his, him as Fluffy. His, his, his moniker is Fluffy. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. He sold a comedian sold out Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. three times. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable it's like 60,000 people right unbelievable Matt he's he's clean he's a clean com- he's, a, he's for the most part pretty clean Jim Gaffigan clean cut super clean oh uh, he's been on bacon <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's gonna tell more bacon jokes Seinfeld clean cut clean cut but yeah. funny hilarious hilarious what's up with that <laughs> that's my Seinfeld <laughs> oh yeah 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 Clean cut, clean cut comedy. I don't know. We kind of off the rails in this one. We didn't ask that many questions, but hey. Well, we did. It was damn good. But then it was, but then it was a conversation after each and every one, and yeah. we went an hour and a half. Perfect. I think that's a good. It's. it's I. We're towards... gonna have a hard time titling this one. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think we got uh, definitely the guidelines. Community guidelines. Uh, what else did we talk about tonight? Music. Uh, mummification. Uh, Jack and oh, Jack and Daxter. Yeah, you went in on Jack and we'll Daxter. We'll do Jack and Daxter. Okay, Jack and Daxter. Um, virtual property. 
and community guidelines. I think that'll do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number, I don't know, what are we, 30, 31? This is 31. 31. Talk with Tarish Podcast. Quick, put the camera on me. My name is Will Tarish. Tays and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H. You can be a lot of split screen tonight. That's going to be fun to edit. Um, let me just, not as many lower thirds, but that's okay. Fuck them. Uh, Tays and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-P-K. If you want to be in a conversation, just like this, this one me and Christian just had, quick questions and all, or no questions, this is what we do here. We just kind of shoot the shit, have a lot of fun. You know, Chris, it's getting a lot easier for us. It's kind of go off on random topics. And it's kind of bullshit. So that's good. It means, we have, it means we have chemistry. I was about to say, I think we're becoming friends. And I sucked at chemistry. Yeah, people <laughs> like, people like, Spins always like, how long have you known Christian? I was like, yeah, a few months. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I met him like, met him last year. I didn't even know who he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Went to a pool party. Yeah. And that was it. Jared said, that's Christian. I was like, that, I was like that's Christian? I've heard so much about him. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, if you want to be a guest, uh, email me, willapspodcast.com. It's will at apspodcast.com. You can be a guest on this on the, on the unknown, unnamed nonsense, or you can be interviewed by myself talking about whatever the fuck it is you do in life. Um, I have a few more interviews coming up because Christian's going away. He's leaving me. So this is going to be the last one of these. When are you back, Christian? I will be back August 25th. You're going to, you're going to Florida, and then you, are you back for a week after you come back? Is there a week? Yeah, that I will Spain? be. I will be back August eighth, and then I'm leaving. Again. Oh no, August. What's next Monday? Next Monday is the eighth. Next Monday is the eighth, and then you leave the ninth. But you leave the tenth. Leave the tenth, right? Wait, 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 wait. We'll figure it out. Next Monday is not the eighth. Next Monday is the first. I'm sorry. Yeah, next I'll be back the first, and then I'm leaving the following week on the tenth. All right. All of you watching. So I'll probably Don't come. Stalk me. I'll probably come in on the fourth, and then again on the eighth. I think. Yeah, I think we should try to bang out a few. I probably could stop this OBS recording now. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'll take care. Yeah, you know the you know the outro. Fuck you. You don't listen anyway. <laughs> stop recording and cut it. Uh, I'm gonna leave that in there. I'm gonna leave the fuck you in there.